opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is managing editor James Kleiman to talk about the lenders who are betting big on the Correspondent Channel, those getting out of wholesale, and what Brian Covey, former vice president of regional production at Loan Depot, is planning to do at his new employer, Revolution Mortgage. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good to be with you, Sarah. Great to have you on. I wanted to talk about one of the features that we just published, which was in a brutal market, lenders seize on Correspondent. Um, that was a great. Uh, great reporting and great writing on that. It really shows what's happening in the lending space right now as people get squeezed from other parts. Would love to do a deep dive with you on that. Yeah, well, the story itself is kind of a deep dive. So we're, we're getting into a little, uh, you know, the, the twilight zone of uh, of dives here. But but yeah, it's it's a really interesting segment of the market. And it's one that I've wanted to, uh, you know, really examine more closely for a while now because they've they've been sort of inching up, you know, for so long it's been Retail is like you know three quarters of of the mortgage market and the wholesale. You know, I think there's just a lot more said about wholesale. It's it's got a very active constituency, right? And uh, and you generally you don't hear a lot about correspondent, you know. And and correspondent, however, is nearly thirty percent of the market at this point. So wholesale over the last few quarters has remained at around sixteen percent of the first lien mortgage originations pie. Retail was down to about fifty five percent, and it's correspondent that that is really starting to tick up. And so we, we really wanted to uh, take kind of a lender centric approach and and get down to the root of you know what are the strategies that they're employing to gain market share in a space that is overall gaining market share, you know, in terms of overall mortgage activity, and and really take a look at. Um, you know, is it similar to the, you know, what I think of as sort of the more traditional retail wholesale dynamic, um, or is it something different? And you know, what, what's driving this growth? And so, Flavia Ferlandunez, the reporter on the story, spoke to quite a few people, um, but we really wanted to target a few different lenders um, that are making very notable gains uh, in correspondent. And so, we we opened the story with a discussion about PennyMac. You know, and, and I, pretty much everybody in, in the mortgage world knows PennyMac, right? They're a massive uh, lender and servicer, uh, big company, California-based. They they operate in all channels, uh, but they are, I don't know if I'd say quite dominant, but they're, they're certainly huge in correspondent. And they have a ton of partners. You know, they work with, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of smaller lenders, and they buy up those loans within a couple of days. And, uh, you know, Penny Mac is a company that's very focused, of course, on servicing as well, right? So, so for them, it's, it's very much also a servicing play. Um, but we did want to kind of break down, okay, the margins in, in correspondent as a business, as a rule, are tiny, right? I mean, you know, you, you talk about the challenges in, in wholesale in, in terms of margins. I mean, they're, they're nothing like they are in correspondent. And in the piece, Flavia talks to Abby Tidmore, who's the, the managing director of Penny Max Correspondent Channel. And, and she addresses that, you know, and, and one thing she mentioned is there are other very large players 
that have been in correspondent for quite some time. She didn't address them by name. You know, I think she's uh, too smart to do that. But, but you know, the, the writing is it's, it's Wells Fargo, right? Like Wells Fargo, we know, is looking to shrink their footprint in mortgage in general. And their executive, uh, their, their chief executive has, has spoken about this uh, many times that they, they think that there's also reputational risk in, in taking loans and, you know, working as an aggregator in this department. And so we see by the numbers that Wells Fargo is, if not exiting entirely, you know, over the period of months or maybe a year, maybe two years, whatever it might be, um, they're dramatically shrinking their footprint in correspondent. And so Pennymax sees this as, as a big opportunity. So, you know, they're number one now. They've got about 14% of the market. If Wells Fargo exits, you know, who had been number one, by the way, for a very long time in correspondent, um, they could absolutely grow their footprint even bigger, right? And and so that's an area that they think um, could be very fruitful, you know, and they also addressed margins. Margins pretty much bottomed out last quarter, in the second quarter, rather, um, and started to make a comeback in the third quarter. And I would bet, given, you know, what the spreads look like right now, um, having improved over the last few weeks, they're probably even better yet, right? So um, it's it's a, a tough business, you know, no mistake. Um, but but there's definitely a lot of investment happening in there. And and Penny Mac, you know, they're they're particularly interested in um, you know finding uh, new partners, right? So we, we talk about all the M and A activity and mortgage in general, and and you know it affects these small originators that are working with the correspondent partners, right? So some of them are getting bought, some are getting sold. Uh, some are exiting channels, right? But maybe their staffers wind up at a new company and and that could be a new partnership right there, right? So um, it all comes full circle in the end. It does. I think one of the things that was so interesting in the article, as you noted, I mean, you think about, you know, picking up market share and, but in, in this time of, you know, really tight margins to your point, like correspondent is even, even smaller, right? Cause you're, you're paying other people out. But one of the things that the article notes is that you don't have the competition of a price war that you see in the wholesale channel with UWM, who's been really open about the fact that they're trying to price their competitors out of business, you don't have that in the correspondent channel. Right. And, and that's because you're, you're basically buying loans from smaller, in pretty much every case, retail lenders. You know, um, it's, just, it's just a totally different dynamic. It's a different channel. It operates differently. Um, it is still very low margin. You know, nobody is, is making 100 bips on a loan, uh, you know, in, in correspondent. It, it just doesn't exist, right? So you have to be really disciplined. You have to be really, uh, really quick. You have to have strong technology. You have to have knowledgeable people operating in this environment. And it's not for everybody. You know, some companies feel like they're, uh, their expertise is better directed elsewhere. So Homepoint, for example, you know, famously decided to, to sell this business to Planet in, I want to say it was the summer. They got a couple million for it and Planet's thrilled. You know, they, they, they see this as, as a way for them to buy all kinds of different loans, you know, to really diversify their portfolio. And at the same time, Homepoint says, great, we get to focus on wholesale, which is our bread and butter. Like this is the core of our business this is where we think we can make the most impact. And, and so it's a really, you know, it's a win-win situation, which um, often is not the case in, in a business that is, uh, you know, not very forgiving. 
And especially right now, I mean, these are the kind of decisions that we're going to look back on a year from now, two years from now and be like, wow, this is this was a very strategic thing to do in both of those cases. You know, um, you talk about some of the other um, lenders aside from PennyMax. So, you know, AmeriHome is actually in the second place in correspondent lending, right? Uh, after Wells Fargo. So um, did they speak to you for this story? They, they declined to speak with us for this story, but we did have access to... Uh, you, you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of analysts put out reports pretty regularly, and, and one of them uh, is Fitch, and they had uh, you know quite a number of of um, interesting tidbits about uh, Amerihome and and many others, and and so uh, we were able to look through those reports, and and also you know going through the IMF data that comes out uh, quarterly, we can track really where Amerihome is is uh, just just in terms of market share, and they're absolutely gaining from the exit of Wells Fargo. Uh, between January and September, they originated about $38 billion through through this channel, uh, you know, and, and that was actually down about 36% compared to what they did a year prior. Um, but, you know, everyone is down, right? So proportionally, it's still a really good number for them. And, uh, you know, this is... An area that I, I think they're—I mean—they're almost entirely correspondent at this point. It is—it is what they do. It is their business strategy, and and there are some others in there that are really uh, interesting as well. J.P. Morgan Chase—you know—they—they they are not maybe traditionally thought of as as the correspondent king, right? But but they're a big player there. Are they going to fall off? Are they going to uh, invest in other uh, business operations? We don't know yet. You know, it's it's a little too soon to say, but. Their originations in that channel between January and September were down almost fifty-two percent year over year. You know, so that's that's a big decline. Durez caliber, again, you know, we're we're in the top five here. Their originations in this channel dropped about fifty-four percent year over year to about twenty-six billion between January and September. So it's um it's it's an interesting space, and and I want to make clear that even though. The channel itself is growing in terms of you know uh, market share. Everybody's down <laughs> for the most part. There's only one lender that is not down, and that's a pretty recent trend, which is U.S. Bank. And and U.S. Bank was really a, we wrote this in the story, kind of the rare bird among mortgage lenders in the third quarter because they not only increased their origination volume, but they did so in a pretty big way. So they originated about eight and a half billion dollars in mortgage loans in this channel between July and September, so the third quarter. That was up 53% compared to the previous quarter. And so nobody else in this space was even close to, to what US Bank did. And and you know, we we were able to speak with uh, John Hummel, who's the bank's executive vice president of correspondent HFA lending, and he said, "Look, you know, uh, pricing obviously major component of this. You have to be competitive with your client base, and and we're absolutely competitive, and and we've been pretty stable in our pricing as well. But but they're the clients are also looking for execution, and they want to know that they have somebody who will buy those loans." You know, and turn them around really quickly. And so, you know, within just a few days, they'll they'll have that on their on their books, and and they have about eight hundred correspondent clients across the country. And and you know, this is generally a rule here, but but they're mostly purchase focused, right? And U.S. Bank wants to have pretty much a, a solid 
you know, 45, 50% mix of correspondent and retail. They don't do any wholesale and we'll get to that in a little, Sarah. But, um, you know, this is a channel that that they think is, is going to consolidate. They have a new originations platform that they say has enabled them to capitalize, uh, you know, on, on being able to make really quick decisions in correspondent and buy the loans that they want uh, and, and do so pretty efficiently. So it's an interesting space. Um, and, and I think U.S. Bank is going to be one of those lenders that is really probably going to grow uh, its share in correspondent over, I'd say, the next year or so. I do want to dive into U.S. Bank, but first I, I wanted to follow up on that. That's, you know, we've been looking throughout this whole period, what role is technology playing in helping people, you know, uh, capture the margins that they can, right? Get the get the most they can for their buck. What What's helping people be efficient, streamlined? So it's interesting to me that they're pointing to this platform saying, this is allowing us to do things much faster, more efficiently, and apparently, um, you know, in a cost-effective way, because we have not heard that that much. I mean, considering how much tech is out there and the promise of tech, it seems like during this time, this is what should be coming up. Yeah. And, and you know, what we hear often is that correspondent is, is sort of a laggard when it comes to, uh, you know, technology in the mortgage world, which already, you know, no one is mistaken for, uh, you know, the, the bleeding edge of, of, of tech in general, right? So um, this, this is sort of uh, reputationally one of the backwaters of, of you know, tech and all that. But but yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely getting better. And, and other companies are are looking at their tech stack and correspondent as well. And look, if you can, if you can manage the margins, and, and you have a good liquidity position, you have, uh, you know, you have interest in, in acquiring a certain set of mortgages, you know, and, and a lot of these lenders kind of have different strategies, right? You know, not everybody wants to uh, um, pick up the same types of loans. So, uh, but but being able to close quickly and work effectively with a lot of different partners, you know, is, is really going to be key to, to getting those margins in. You, you could really, um, you could you could be in some trouble if, if things liquor too long because the market moves so quickly. It really does. And I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're looking at inflation this Week, which could send mortgage rates lower. I think everyone in the in the you know industry, yeah. we've got our fingers crossed that uh, that could save us from uh, what is turning out to be a very brutal winter, right? Uh, but the market changes so fast, you have to be able to pivot quickly. Yeah, I mean, we're at like what six three today, give or take, right? Six four maybe. Um, I think there are some people who believe that we might be sub six uh, by the end of the year if if. Things break right with the inflation numbers, and and then we get the fifty basis point hike as expected on Wednesday. So that's that's kind of the scenario people are crossing their fingers for. But um, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I, and it, you know, it is just amazing when you think about a year ago. Not that we thought that would last forever, but the fact that we're saying, oh, you know, this company's down fifty three percent, this company's down thirty percent, and like those are the people who are still in the space, still doing it, like finding a way through. You're like, wow, it has been. It has been rough. Well, yeah, well there's so many you contradictory, were... you know, points to this market. Like demand is low, but the supply of homes is arguably even lower, right? You know, prices have fallen, but they're still above the pre-pandemic levels. Interest rates are really high, but they're not as high as they were just a few months ago. So, um, yeah, just so many little complicated factors that, that make it also an exciting market to cover. Yeah, no, definitely for us, it's it's a, an endless number of things that are fascinating and trying to figure it out. Um, you know, so while while your team was reporting out this other uh, story on Correspondent, we got the news about U.S. Bank shutting down their wholesale business. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, so U.S. Bank doesn't itself operate in the wholesale channel, but what they did do is they acquired a bank in California called MUFG Union Bank, and uh, you know it's it's a business that's it's been around for quite some time, and uh, they did have a pretty robust wholesale operation. However, as I said, U.S. Bank they don't do wholesale; that's just not their thing, and so they shut down uh, this operation that they had just acquired in in the deal for MUFG Union. And uh, it's, I mean, to me, kind of, kind of unexpected. You know, you have this business that did about $4 billion in wholesale between January and September, you know, and that, that was up significantly from even the year prior of about 63%, according to Inside Mortgage Finance. Um, and yet, you know, <laughs> they're acquiring a business and deciding, well, this this just doesn't fit with our strategy. Uh, but but from their perspective, you know, they they made this acquisition for different reasons. Uh, the transaction adds about a million customers. It adds about one hundred ninety thousand small business cu- customers on the West Coast, and and I think that's really obviously what they're looking for. Right? They're not they're not intending on getting in a wholesale. They could have done so if they wanted independently, and, and they haven't. So. They, they want to stick with retail. They want to stick with correspondent. They want to keep a good balance between those channels as well. But um, it's it's really rare to see a big acquisition like this when you think, oh man, that's like a top 10 lending operation in a space. And and you're just saying to heck with it you know, and, and just you know <laughs> throwing it in the bin. So uh, yeah, definitely. I, I would have expected like, I don't know, maybe can you spin that off? You know, is there someone else who might want to? But um, I don't know if you, you've checked recently, but not a lot of news about wholesale lenders getting acquired, right? Very little on the M&A front there. And I bet a lot well, of them want to get out of it too, given how tough that business is right now. Absolutely. Um, that reminded me in that, in that, at the end of that story, you talk about some of the other um, lenders who have gotten out of um, wholesale. Loan Depot is one of those. And we had big news last week where we had Brian Covey, who is one of their senior vice presidents, left for Revolution Mortgage. I thought that was really interesting. He's a very well-known guy in our space, really sure. high profile. Used to be a professional soccer player. So that's really fun at this time of year. Um, or to those of us who follow professional soccer all the time, which uh, I believe you are one of those, James, as I am. As am I. Um, so, you know, he he went to Revolution Mortgage and we have a follow-up on that, uh, which I think was really great. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I didn't know much about Revolution Mortgage before we got the news in our inbox that Brian had left. Um, so it's interesting. But, you know, it, it also underscores, I think as much as it says about Brian and, and looking for a new opportunity and, and you know, uh, getting in on the ground floor. Uh, is is always appealing for for certain types, you know. Not everybody uh, wants to to just kind of join a company that is established and and has you know disciplined tracks and and has kind of an obvious pathway. A lot of people want to join a place that that doesn't have that. You know, that's the exciting part. Um, but but I I really am looking forward to seeing what they do. You know, Brian is a big name in in the space. You know. If you talk to people in the industry, a lot of them say like, oh yeah, that guy's going to be running a mortgage lender, you know, in five, 10 years or whatever. So he, he might be well on his way at this stage. Um, but obviously it wasn't going to happen at Loan Depot and Loan Depot uh, has been cutting very significantly, maybe more than anyone, you know, in, in terms of the total number of jobs, right? You know, we're, we're looking at thousands and thousands of jobs this year alone, and they're not going to be back on top anytime soon. You know, they're in a tough spot. 
So it's, you know, it's time to leave for a lot of people who are at established companies like Lone Depot and, and, uh, yeah, good for Brian. Look forward to see what he does. We also uh, did a follow up on how Revolution Mortgage plans ex- its expansion because obviously um, they're looking at some big moves if they're if they're hiring him in. So and he wouldn't go there unless there's something planned. So thought that was a great follow up story. And um, of course, I'm hoping to have him on this podcast too pretty shortly. So that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely like to hear more about specifically what their strategy is. You know, they talk a lot about kind of giving more power to the LOs and and really having them kind of control the process, whether it's sales or, you know, structuring a team. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of control, you know, it doesn't really work as well for these very, very large uh, retail lenders. It's not how they're built, right? They're, they're built kind of on a a bit of an assembly line, right? Like you have very bifurcated processes and, and you don't want to be dependent on, you know, 10 star brokers or, or, you know, 10 star LOs rather. Uh, and because if they leave, then you can't just replace them and then the model kind of falls apart. So, so they're, they're built for the durability. Right. But then, you know, it, it does, it does of course have its limitations too. Right. When you do have somebody who's, who's really ambitious and, and maybe wants to take a different path. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. What's coming up this week that our listeners should be paying attention to. Big news is rates. Of course. As it is every week. You, know, like, you ever watch Pinky and the Brain, the old cartoon? It's like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are we doing this week, Pinky? Like, oh, well, we're, we're taking over the world, Brain. Um, yeah, but it's it's mortgage rates again, Brain. Um, so we're, we're going to be checking out uh, what happens with the Fed. Uh, we've got inflation numbers that are coming in, I believe, tomorrow on Tuesday. And then we'll have uh, hopefully a pretty clear sense of what happens on, on my office betting pool. I'm joking. There is no office betting pool. But I, I have it down for 50 basis points. In December, and I have uh, a strong statement by the Fed about what they plan on doing in in uh, in the early part of 2023. So that's that's what I'm predicting. Uh, of course, I am not in those meetings, and I don't really know what they're going to do. Uh, but so we're we're going to be taking a close look at that. We've also got a big story, a future story on Rocket Mortgage. They, of course, ceded uh, the title as the largest originator in in mortgage world in in the third quarter. And so Connie Kim, one of our reporters spoke with probably over a dozen people, uh, to really figure, you know, is what does this mean for rocket? You know, is, are they coming back to reclaim their title? Is this a very short term blip? Do they need to pivot? Did this expose kind of a larger strategic, uh, disadvantage, uh, on their part? So we, we've got a deep dive in a rocket and what the future, in in uh, Detroit looks like, and then uh, yeah, we're gonna have quite a bit more Fed coverage and and more a lot of econ news this week. There is a so lot of econ news. Lots it's it's econ a news. it's a huge week, and you know it comes before next week is kind of like the week before the holiday, and we know that sometimes that can be a lot of people are out of their jobs, but sometimes that's a lot of news coming from the government. So you know we're looking at the next two weeks just being slammed basically. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, James, for being on. And we look forward to that coverage coming down. Really appreciate you being with us. Cool. Thanks for having me, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or... 
How is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.